Greetings to you from Dubai. I'm Ghada Khalifi and this is The Conscious Achiever, the show that reframes how we think about achievement and invites us to create conscious cultures in business, life, and the world. Welcome to the first episode of the Saboteur series. In this episode, I discuss the work of Shurzad Shamane and my experiences as a certified positive intelligence coach in cultivating a more conscious, calm, and fulfilled achiever. The purpose of this episode series is to provide a better understanding of the nine types of mental saboteurs. My purpose is to educate viewers on a topic that affects all of us, the inner critic, the inner judge inside of us that sabotages our progress and mental health. In this part one of the episode series, I will start by discussing the first three saboteurs that go hand in hand, the restless, the stickler, and the controller. So I walk you through each and every one of these saboteurs and how they impact you. This episode gives you a lens through which to understand how your inner critic is communicating to you, uh, talking about their fears and how it is holding you back from moving forward in your life. start to address the inner critic voice and how it shows up in your mind such as the mental chatter or the messages you receive and how it hinders your progress in life and pursuing what you want. So the three saboteurs we're going to talk about today are the restless, the stickler and the controller. So let me start by identifying or talking more about what are the mental saboteurs. Please first know that we all are disposed to self-sabotage. We all have mental saboteurs that are run by our subconscious mind to slow us down from getting what we want. Or even if we succeed, it comes at a cost to our health and happiness. Saboteurs usually are concepts or beliefs we pick up from our childhood and society. It doesn't speak of how bad our parents were or if we had a good or bad childhood. It's simply how we get wired or how our nervous system internalizes concepts or messages. So we build our own belief system to survive growing up. It becomes our conditioning and how we show up. The mental saboteur's like role is to motivate us through fear by, we're going to discuss the ways they, they show up, but examples like pushing or negativity or perfectionism or controlling in the hope they have a mission to keep us protected. Now notice the word protected. So it's really about survival and not about helping us to expand to our fullest expression and potentials. So I will start now uh, uh, with the restless. This is one of my most popular saboteurs. Um, You know, I have a lot of this restless energy. If you're always looking for something to do to solve the problem or to hide your feelings behind your business, if you're always looking for that next thing that you can work on, constantly feeling like you have to find that next thing that so you can actually continue doing, constantly also justifying that things need to happen, like there's this this busyness or disbelief that things needs to happen all the time and therefore unable to pause. And they think that taking time to pause is a hinder and and kind of like it's really not 
comfortable. So the image for me that resonates most with that restless energy and um, it's something actually that I relate to when I say it in Arabic kind of triggers that emotional self in me. It, it's, it looks like a monkey spinning in a wheel. A monkey spinning in a wheel. That's an image resonate when my restless saboteur takes over. Um, they never stop doing. They never stop moving. There's always something that needs to be done or judged. And finding stillness or doing nothing is the uncomfortable place for a restless saboteur. So sometimes they really, they're off on surfing or checking off some really irrelevant things. I find sometimes like I'm in the middle of something and suddenly, you know, I get the urge to go online and, and look into something that doesn't really move the needle forward. But that act of doing is what keeps the restless saboteur comfortable. Because of that, they're really prone to shiny object syndrome. I don't know if you've heard this term before. She, they get this, this sidetracked by new problems or challenges that arise. It is, sometimes that shiny object, object syndrome is really... Um, aligned with their goals. Sometimes it's just a new idea. Sometimes it appears like as a challenge so or a potential crisis, and they're off to mitigate immediately. So as you see that there is this constant state of unrest. So if we want to look at the advantages or disadvantages of having a restless saboteur, um, they kind of overplan, like they and 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 as a result, they underexecute because they try to look at all you know the the nooks and with all the things that need to be done. So they really um, have a lot, like uh, bring a lot of food on the table and. Eventually, they're unable to digest all of that because it's um, it's too much. Um, so, so really, they have this potential of accomplishing more than the average person. Um, they might think that they're productive, uh, but the minute they check something off their list, they they just feel better for a second, and all this feeling good disappears in a second. So we, even if they feel that they're productive, they don't feel good about being productive. So it it has a really very short term um, satisfaction. They have the, the the positive thing is that they have the capacity to handle challenges and crisis because they have this tendency or it's easy for them to divert and 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 get busy or even to to look for solutions. They have this capacity to create safety and security for others because they have this ability to move and look for solutions and manage and multitask. So the disadvantage of that, like when they they run to create safety and security for others, they find themselves rushing and trying to make everyone happy or make sure everybody else is good, that sometimes uh, put their own personal needs and desires or really their, their goals on the back burner. Because if, for like, I know for myself, I'm, if I'm working on my project or I have something that is aligned with what I want to 
create and the world. If a crisis comes up, any form that is related to others, it's just like my restless come to, um, you know, to take that thing and crisis, whether it doesn't have the, she doesn't have the ability to assess if this is aligned or not. She jumps right away in saving the day for others. And, and, and yes, it appears that she wants to create safety and security for others. But in fact, for me, I know it's about that, um, you know, finding solution. And per- perhaps at a deeper level, it speaks about like pleasing others. So this is where uh, restless can be also about pleasing. And we'll talk about it uh, later when we discuss the pleaser. And also, I think, especially like for me as an entrepreneur, as a coach, it can impact my personal growth and time management because I really need to focus on what moves the needle and then how to literally say no and turn off that other thing. And that other thing, it doesn't matter like if it's um, a line, shiny crisis, as long as it's a new thing. Now, you know, this constant chase or this constant movement is about. Their deep fear, um, the deep fear that they'll never feel peace, um, freedom, like happiness or contentment. They're they're always longing for this sense of fullness, that moment of freedom and peace, um, which is disguised by doing so many things. And for me, um, the memory that, or, you know, the how I perceive that feeling that I need to move all the time in order to feel calm and peace is living during the war. So uh, we always had to move and uh, places and there was this sense of insecurity all the time. So in order to survive, I perceived that um, movement is the way to survive. And, And that is kind of like ingrained in me. And and how my restless like if she's not calm she takes over like um so that's the closest memory that i can identify with um, having this need to move all the time and of course you know i have my siblings who experience the same thing but they don't they don't have this restless energy that i have um at least not not all of them so it also depends on how my nervous system perceived that and, and, and helped me to create a false sense of safety. So really, um, that false of that, that, that uh, the real sadness here is that they fail to achieve um, and, and they never get the satisfaction of finishing or accomplishing things because they can't seem to stay the course because they feel so distracted by all the things that pop up or that's how the restless comes and say like, what you're doing now is not enough and that's safe. This is not a good place. It's not comfortable. So they, so the autopilot wants to uh, always move. What they, what they want actually, they really want this um, calmness or joie de vivre, or as I call it, or that moment of satiety and excitement, not excitement, but that moment of fulfillment and joy that they actually never truly experience with the dynamics of the restless because they never truly 
like savor what's on their plate. Now, the next saboteur that I would like to uh, walk you through is the stickler. And this might be you if the perfection is your measure. The perfectionist in you anxiously trying to make things perfect, letting unimportant details become bigger issues, really focusing on the weeds and getting lost. And like kind of the the inner chatter would be, uh, they may say things like, it has to be exactly just this way. That's not good enough. Perhaps it's not ready yet. And you know, like we can't do this next thing until the first thing is perfect. So they really stole out because they refuse to move forward until they're, they're tweaked and tweaked and tweaked to perfection. So as a result, what happens that they are become super underestimators of how long things takes for them because they are count, not accounting for all of the time it takes for them to get this perceived level of perfection. So really, like as far as time management, they they unable to manage their times they because you know their perfectionism get in the way of estimating the time frame so they spend so much time worrying over not being good enough that they're actually like not doing anything not being productive so they end up also impacting others negatively as they are they, they really micromanage to it and it's not the stickler. It's uh, one thing here is that the stickler is is not isn't getting things done. It's not that they they're not getting things done, uh, but they're just really likely never showing anyone else what's gets what gets done. They're likely not willing to put it out in the world because it's not ready yet. I think I have a bit of that. Um, I will over-engineer things and over-process things. Though on the surface, I might not, not look like that because I'm trying to get ex- get it exactly right. Um, recently, I've been stuck in that space in reference to my new home. I moved to a new place. Um, and my stickler is not allowing me to have like people or friends over because of that. It's not ready yet mentality. Now, another thing when it comes to the way they manage conflict and feedback, likely anything you say to them is never going to be as bad as what they say to themselves. So it's really not about what you say to them. It's about and that you or if you hurt their feelings, it's the fear around criticism is not that they're going to say um, you're going to say things that hurt their feelings. It's that you're going to confirm what they think of themselves, like like having that mirror that you will be a mirror about um, what they think of themselves. Um, so really, the worst critic um, is try to over prepare to avoid. Uh, and that's where the stickler, like, because the, their worst fear is to get criticism and you and, and having people mirror that. Um, so they do anything, they overprepare to avoid any critique. They're trying to tinker, work on things to the place where they don't even have to have that conversation. 
Yeah, so their their deep fear is that they're never going to be worthy of praise or that success or whatever it is that they're seeking. Like, if I ask myself the question of why am I actually uh, afraid of if I, you know, have my, if my home is not um fully prepared to or you know like figure everything out so i can avoid criticism like i don't know what i'm like you know like probably wanting that success in my own eyes of course so wanting always everything to be exactly right and the question that i always how i intercept my stickler is like even if i do today my everything that sounds exactly right the stickler will show up again to do tomorrow and look for something that is not right so really the blind spot here or in the sadness that so we they're so focused sticklers are so focused on the micro perfections that they're missing the bigger picture that they're missing the progress that actually being made and most importantly they are missing to live the experiences they are missing to make memories they are collecting memories and they're missing to learn and grow So let's talk now about the controller. Um, the the stickler saboteur can come across as a controller as well. So, but before let's look into details um, about that anxiety-based uh, need. Like there's this always anxiety that you see it in controller. Their need to be to take charge, to be the boss, and thinking that their way or the highway, and it's. And I see it like I spot controllers right away. I see it the way they, um, you know, in any personal professional setting. And it, it's not coming from a place of conceit, like I'm better than you. It's really coming from a place of fear. Fearful that no one will, you know, take this as seriously as I do. Like that comes from a place of like, I have a responsibility that I need I'm the only one responsible. I want to to be able to take care of this because no one can take care of that. And it comes from also can come also from a place of fear of being controlled. So that autopilot, that conditioning that they have to take the stance of the driver's seat, that they are responsible for everything bad that can happen or will happen. They're responsible to prevent it. That I just want you to know that I'm you know, and, and all, sometimes they take over and just they feel annoyed and they let you know that you're there annoyed. And someone's got to do it. Like there's even, even like they think like there's so much better at doing something. Uh, and therefore they justify that it's easier for them to do it. I think everyone can resonate with the idea of like, it's just easier if I do it. So really, they're they're always taking the lead and being. Also, they take that stance of sacrificer, sacrificial leader. So where does this come from? As I mentioned earlier, there is this. Uh, you know, at some point in growing up, they perceive that it's their responsibility to take care of everyone. Um, that 
they actually have took that role of protecting people around them or taking care of people around them. So also it comes from, you know, like when they take charge and responsibility, it comes from the place that they don't trust others, that there's lack of trust. They experience that lack of trust and inability to delegate and the inability to trust that someone else will get things done. So as a result, it really prevents them from being able them to get as much done as they could because they don't unable to delegate. So there is this perception that you know you cannot trust anyone. Uh, it's only everything. And also as a you know as a result it prevents from being the leader at work and how your staff are going to learn so they can get to a place where can they do it all by themselves without even having them to initiate it. So it's really, um, it really affects uh, how you show up as a leader and, and your impact as a leader. Another thing is how they handle time. You know, with, so, with a lot of micromanagement, constantly having to push things that they want because your calendar is full of things that you feel responsibility for being really bad at and being like because you feel like lots of responsibility, your calendar is full and unable to delegate. So you're doing way too much. Um, and in that, it's not the highest and best use of your time. And you're just spending too much time in the weeds. And 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 if you want to call like the main theme or an image of the controller is like, they have this carry the cross out of obligation. You know, like, not out of, I want to be the person where hyperachiever might want to be the person that controller feels like they have to. Like, the achiever has, a has like, wanting while the, the controller feels like they have to. And they don't really receive um, conflict or feedback well because they're doing this for you they think that it's they're doing it for you so they're leading a being in control for you so when you come at them with criticism or feedback it's almost what met with how dare you criticize me for for really doing something you're unwilling to do so so when you give them criticism it's not about them it's about you know they think that they're doing something to help you so really become aware of approaching a controller with sort of critique or criticism when they're in a heightened state of emotional response. And if you yourself are a controller, recognize that when someone's coming to you with feedback, it's not a personal affront or criticism to you. The deep fear here, if you let someone else drive the bus, we are going all to crash. So you have to just really to control it anyway. And you know, the true blind spot is that trusting others is really, really hard and setting things down and releasing the pressures to, to always be the one in charge is something that you struggle with, something that takes, you know, like to be always in charge had its ramification and cost and, and really, um, you know, as I mentioned, the time management, your leadership, the, your relationship, and all the heaviness and, and, and the 
the um, lack of delegation that you have to do just because you think you need to be controlling. So I think if I want to, you know, like um, recap the controller, I think it would be sad to think of someone going through life doing everything out of obligation, doing everything because they feel they have to. And it's not a fact, it's just like they have this feeling um, that this is what they should do. That's the suffering of the controller. They don't feel like they have a choice because the weight of the world is on their shoulders. And often they will see the controllers having really high personal mission. Like those obsessed with the cause, they will be truly dialed into purpose work. And they, they almost carry the cross out of purpose and passion. And 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 that's like becomes like a negative part of being compassionate or being passionate the negative part of having purpose work so if you have a controller recognize that you don't have to be the one to always drive the ship the bus whatever is vehicle is for you and of course we're going to we're going to go through how to navigate uh, the controller the saboteur in the coming episodes But in order to recap today's episode, I'd like to highlight here that deep down, the fear of all the saboteurs that keep resisting, deep down, they are craving to be accepted, to be loved, and have sense of belonging. They are craving to protect themselves, and they do all they can to resist feeling um, uncomfortable, undervalued, underappreciated, or unworthy. But what's happening if they keep the saboteurs in the front seat at the end of the day whatever they resist persist and whatever the saboteurs are promising are really not delivering on the long term so today we talked about the restless the stickler and the controller and the next episode i'm going to cover the rest in the next episode um and the last one we're going to take a little bit more about how you can navigate through the self-sabotage once you're aware of which ones are the most troubling for you so i want you to stay tuned and really can't wait to hear from you how helpful it is to you to understand for you to understand the voice of the inner critic i'd like to hear in the comment section or tag me on uh, uh, linkedin um which ones of these resonate with you and next episode we are going to give you some tools to navigate that's it for today thank you for listening to today's episode if you love the show tell your friends pay it forward or leave us a review you can find me on linkedin or instagram where you can follow me or leave a comment you can also subscribe to my newsletter on linkedin for more from the conscious achiever thanks for listening this is Rada khalifi signing off